Fit, active, healthy, happy, enjoying the prime of your life. Looking out for your health and wellness, this is Health Talk with Fred Lowry from Lowry Drug in Statesville. Call now to ask Fred your health questions, 704-873-1400, 704-873-1400. You can also visit Fred at his store, conveniently located on Hartness Road in Statesville. Good afternoon, this is Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine, and this is Health Talk. And uh, with our intro there, just to let you know, this particular uh, uh, segment has been pre-recorded. So we won't be able to take any phone calls, uh, but we'll be back next week able to do that. Uh, This program is intended to share knowledge and information based on my research and experience. It's not intended to offer individual uh, advice and does not replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified health care provider. Your daily choices have more to do with your health than anyone in the healthcare field. So uh, take good care of yourself. A lot to talk about today. Uh, in the news, a couple of things of interest. Um, apparently, uh, Apple will have to update its iPhone 12 uh, device in France because of uh, excess uh, radiation from that phone. Uh, the sale of iPhone 12 was halted in France uh, after a uh, regulator detected too much electromagnetic radiation, and uh, they basically uh, were requiring Apple to do an update. Uh, they, and um, that, So Apple has uh, responded to that because if they didn't, they would have had to have a phone recall. So apparently they, they did um, update that, uh, but they're only updating that program in France, uh, nowhere else in the world. Uh, of course, the, uh, the World Health Organization uh, continues to uh, allay fears about radiation emitted from phones, saying that there is no evidence to conclude that uh, exposure to low-level electromagnetic fields is harmful to humans. I think you probably have to def, uh, define what that means, low-level electromagnetic fields. So uh, that's uh, interesting. Uh, I think we're on uh, iPhone 15 at this point in time, and there's, there's certainly been plenty of uh, information out there that electromagnetic fields can be harmful. Also in the news, this is interesting, the uh, U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has decided to ban Berkey water filters, officially labeling them as pesticides. So if you're not familiar with Berkey, it's a countertop uh, uh, gravity-fed water filtration system. It goes through uh, ceramic-type filters, very popular. and uh, there, there's a, a lot of people that use this. It's been tested uh, by independent labs. Uh, but uh, now the, apparently the um, Environmental Protection Agency maybe has gone uh, a step further in defining what a pesticide may mean. And I think there's some uh, silver related to that uh, particular device. But uh, it, on, on the website, uh, the products can reduce uh, bacteria, uh, chlorine, parasites, fluoride, heavy metals, uh, 
inorganic materials, etc. cetera. Uh, if, if you uh, are curious at all, you, you might want to, and you want to find out what your municipal water systems contain. You can go to the Environmental Working Group, and uh, they have records of what's been reported for each uh, system, uh, Statesville, Mooresville, Huntersville, uh, all over the country. So uh, obviously water quality is extremely uh, important uh, in terms of our health. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, interesting that the Environmental Protection Agency uh, doesn't want uh, water filters to be sold. That doesn't seem logical. I did go on their website this morning uh, all their products are listed as currently as out of stock. Thank you for the U.S. Protection Agency for keeping our water safe. Uh, and I, I might make a comment about that, too, in that um, for those of you with gardens, uh, you know, filtered water, uh, having good water quality is going to directly impact the quality of your food particularly since most of your vegetables are mostly water. I mean, they can be 80 to 95% water. And so what you're putting on those, uh, those uh, plants uh, could be important. Also in the news, uh, on the 14th, the uh, FDA has basically decided that oral phenylephrine, which is a, a, a decongestant, found over-the-counter uh, is no longer effective. Uh, they uh, had a uh, committee meet and they've decided that it's not effective. That, that medication has been around for, oh, I don't know how many years. Uh, it's well-known in nasal sprays. It's a vasoconstrictor. It's used in uh, hemorrhoid uh, preparations, uh, cold preparations. and. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting that as many years as it's been out now, we've decided that it doesn't work. Uh, there are no safety concerns that they, they listed. Uh, it became more popular uh, when Sudafed or Pseudoephedrine went behind the counter. Uh, so in order to combat the methamphetamine kind of trade, uh, Apparently, people were using that uh, cold uh, decongestant medication to make methamphetamine. So then it went behind the counter, uh, you know, that you could buy only a certain quantity and had to have uh, an ID to do that. Uh, also, as a side note, uh, years ago, in, 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 as a pharmacist, uh, there was a generic name for a product and a trade name. So the generic was basically uh, a version of the chemical name, and the trade name was something that made it uh, maybe a little more user-friendly in terms of being able to say it. So the pseudoephedrine, which was known as Sudafed, always meant, Sudafed, the trade product always meant pseudoephedrine. Uh, later, as some marketing uh, geniuses uh, came up with the idea that those trade names have a lot of brand recognition, so they started making other versions of that, combinations, which may or may not have Sudafed in them at all, uh, or the Pseudoephedrine, which was, I think, uh, uh, very confusing. 
But uh, here we are with another uh, example of, uh, you know, government agencies uh, making decisions about products. And, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know uh, the, uh, the phenylephrine is effective for everyone, but it, but it is certainly a, uh, a medication that it has long use. And as we, uh, we think about the products that might be available to you for sinus or other uh, uh, related uh, issues, colds, coughs, that type of thing, uh, there's not a, a lot of uh, uh, products out there. There's a, lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of products, a lot of names, but they only have a few different ingredients in them. So uh, you might want to consider using homeopathics. There, there's a lot more... Uh, diversity in that in terms of remedies. Uh, also for children, uh, we have uh, Highlands uh, products for cold cough, uh, all types of things related to that. Uh, Natural Creations has a homeopathic nasal decongestant and sinus remedies, allergy remedies, uh, all of that. That's all uh, quite safe and uh, it may not be effective for everyone, but it works for some. We'll be back. Doctor, my eyes. Tell me what is wrong. Was I unwise to leave them open for so long? We're back. Uh, welcome back to Health Talk. Uh, this is Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. Um, I think I belong to uh, Lowry Drug on Hartness Road in Statesville, established in 1959. We're a traditional family pharmacy with a state-of-the-art compounding laboratory. We offer a full line of medical equipment, full line of supplements, nutritionals, herbs, essential oils, homeopathics, and more. Come see us at Lowry Drug on Hartness Road here in Statesville. So, uh, continuing a little bit in the, on the uh, the news thing, uh, apparently there's now a uh, monkey-based uh, or research uh, where they've done uh, uh, messenger RNA uh, COVID vaccinations orally. So, uh, we talked about. Uh, last week that uh, there's now mRNA uh, vaccines for shrimp uh, in uh, farm situations that's uh, dosed with food. Now we have uh, oral vaccines and uh, they've also have no sprays related to that. So um, that's on the horizon, uh, raises a lot of questions. Also, um, uh, as of last Friday, um, the uh, Florida Surgeon General, <coughs> Dr. Joseph Ladapo, uh, says that uh, vaccines are not backed by clinical evidence, uh, but blind faith alone with zero regard for widespread immunity. So basically, uh, many of us have already had uh, COVID uh, and uh, we have some immunity based on that. Uh, and uh, Governor DeSantis, of course, uh, has uh, been a critic of this and uh, saying he will not stand by and let the FDA and the CDC use 
Healthy Floridians as guinea pigs for new booster shots that have not been proven to be safe or effective. Of course, we know that uh, the FDA, FDA is still advising, uh, or the CDC and the FDA advising uh, these shots. And uh, Dr. Malone said, who who uh, was one of the physicians or the doctors that actually helped uh, invent the messenger RNA platform, uh, said that uh, you know the risk of myocarditis and heart issues, uh, you know, certainly a, a big problem, uh, not just uh, the only problem, obviously. So uh, the, the, uh, the shots have basically been reformulated uh, for the, uh, this upcoming season. And um, they're approved for individuals 12 years of age and older they are still authorized for emergency use for children between the ages of six months and 11 years old. So we've got two authorizations here, one for individuals that are 12 year old, so they're approved, but for the, for the, the babies at six months old and up to 11 years old, we're still under this authorization for emergency use in spite of the fact no emergency exists. That's incredible. I mean, it's like uh, you got two sets of rules and you can, uh, uh, they're not really rules anymore. You just apply whatever you want to whenever you want. So uh, the FDA's recommendations for individuals five years of age or older, regardless of previous COVID uh, shot status, are eligible to receive a single dose of the reformulated shot. Children between the ages of six months old and four years uh, who have previously had one or more shots are eligible to receive the updated shot. And children that have not been uh, jabbed uh, will, uh, between the ages of six months old and four years, are eligible to receive three doses of the updated Pfizer shot. So um, that's, um, that's, that's our, our recommendations from our uh, alphabet agencies. Uh, they've also said that uh, these reformulated shots, uh, uh, we think that this is a good match for protecting against the current circulating COVID-19 virus wrong again um, so we, we we know that uh, the evidence and you know many of the people out there maybe not all of them um, are, have observed that uh, the shots are ineffective they offer offer minimal protection at best uh, the benefit to risk profile is uh, I think pretty well understood at this point in time so it's not such a it's not such a good thing uh, for anybody. Pregnant women uh, are also encouraged to get these shots. If they continue like that, uh, along with the the new RSV shot. Um, you know, I, when when does this become uh, criminal? You know, when you're promoting such things. So here we, here we are uh, coming in uh, to the, to this uh, current season. Um, 
There was a, a, a study done um, about how long these, these things last in the body. And the answer is we, we really don't know for sure. Uh, there's some question as to whether or not, you know, your, your body still manufactures these spike proteins. Uh, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, my hope is that because the um, immunity seems to be waning and, you know, as they test them, that, uh, you know, they, that's why they, they recommend getting uh, boosters, more boosters, more boosters. Uh, so uh, I, I do think that for many people, the body has mechanisms to help get rid of these things, uh, but we, we don't know for sure. Uh, there was a paper p published uh, mid-August uh, that, that tried to answer these questions, and, and you know, they, they don't know for sure, but ba basically uh, they, uh, they started uh, testing people um, for up to six months, and um, and they, they still were making these these spike proteins. Uh, so that doesn't mean that at six months they go away because that's just when they stopped doing the testing. So um, the other thing that was kind of interesting was that the uh, the group that got the shot, of course, they. Uh, they had the uh, spike protein in their blood. The ones that did not get the shot did not have that. But of the ones that got the shot, only half of them had the spike proteins. So we don't know if those people's bodies maybe process that, but there's some speculation that... Uh, some of the shots were placebo. It was reported in a Danish uh, paper that uh, they thought one-third of the, the shots were placebo. So interesting uh, experiment uh, on, on, uh, on people. So um, the likely mechanism is, you know, for the spike protein production is there, there's a couple of things to consider, you know, sometimes that the uh, messenger, it's really not messenger RNA, it's modified RNA, can integrate and transcribe into some of the cells. But it's also possible that they uh, enter into bacteria uh, in your, your body. Uh, keep in mind, these things were grown in bacteria, and uh, so there's going to be some component there uh, related to that, so we <coughs> we have no idea what what that'll that'll mean. So we're talking about genetic alterations and the uh, these uh, shots because or the the the, uh, the material you can't really separate out all the different viruses or genetic parts of this, including DNA. So it's been reported that, uh, you know, there's been uh, an, uh, some amount of DNA in the shots that were supposedly only the modified DNA. And when you have those in the, uh, the uh, what they call pegylated lipid nanoparticle, 
those things are going to go into sales. Uh, uh, so it, it, it's packaged as such to deliver that genetic material. So, so we don't know what that'll mean. You know, is this a, um, you know, can this be transferred uh, to your uh, offspring? Uh, it, you know, it's, it's genetic modification uh, at some level. So uh, lots of questions. Uh, there's, uh, you know, things to do to, to keep yourself safe, uh, obviously, uh, or to maintain your health uh, in this upcoming uh, fall season. Uh, it's just practices that, you know, doing every day. We'll talk about some of those, uh, you know, maybe at a later date. Uh, but uh, we're coming up on a break here. Uh this is Fred Lowry, uh, pharmacist, doctor of natural medicine from Lowry Drug in Statesville. Uh, come see us when you get a chance. We'll take good care of you. We'll be back. Welcome back. Uh, this is Fred Lowry, uh, and this is Health Talk. Uh, the next topic is um, <clears throat> something related to COVID-19. Uh, vagus nerve inflammation uh, related to uh, a topic called uh, dysautonomia. Uh, this was a study uh, back in July that suggests that uh, the SARS-CoV-2 infection might damage the nerves of the autonomic nervous system, uh, causing an inflammation response uh, that can lead to dysautonomia. Uh, so uh, there are a number of people that have experienced uh, effects from having COVID, uh, persistent, and also uh, perhaps more so people that uh, got the shot uh, may include fatigue lightheadedness brain fog cognitive issues gastrointestinal problems heart palpitations we see seen a lot of that uh, shortness of breath uh, and the inability to tolerate upright postures so this was uh, done a study done in germany and they were uh, doing uh, microscopic analysis of the vagus nerve on uh, deceased patients with COVID. And uh, so they, uh, so this vagus nerve <coughs> is part of the autonomic nervous system that regulates uh, critical f functions such as digestion, respiration, heart rate, immune response. It's basically the automatic your, your automatic pilot, uh, so to speak. So uh, it, it apparently uh, the COVID-19 uh, directly uh, infects these nerves and uh, so it causes inflammation. So, uh, so there's, there seems to be 
a direct correlation between the SARS-CoV viral RNA load and this this, this dysfunction. It said that uh, one in five people in the U.S. uh, continue to experience unexplained symptoms of long COVID. Uh, and so this may be part of that. There's there's a lot of factors here. Uh, so th- this uh, with this nerve and and uh, the, with along with autonomic autonomic nervous system uh, it controls uh, vital involuntary functions. We mentioned br- breathing, heart rate, blood pressure, body temperature, hormone balance. Uh, so also involved in the fight or flight uh, scenario so uh the the other thing about this this uh there's something everybody or maybe not everybody some many have heard about now called pots postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome so it's it's basically a form of this uh dysautonomia uh, and uh these individuals with this uh, POTS include uh, symptoms of being lightheaded, difficulty thinking or concentrating, fatigue, intolerance to exercise, blurred vision, low blood pressure, heart palpitations, tremor, and nausea. Uh, and it's, you might even consider it uh, similar in some ways to orthostatic hypotension, which means blood pressure drop when you stand up suddenly uh, and that is sometimes related to uh, adrenal functions so um, related to uh, you know this cardiovascular issue uh, there was a a study in uh, frontiers of in neurology recommending uh, things that you can do if you if you feel like you've got this issue uh, drinking water before you get up in the morning, and you know that's always a, a good idea to drink a big glass of water when you get up anyway, because uh, you've lost a lot of fluid during the night with exhalation. Uh, elevating your head during sleep. Uh, the people with uh, sleep deprivation <coughs> uh, could could be uh, that could be worsened with. Uh, large meals, uh, alcohol consumption. Uh, There's a lot of other things that, uh, so this this is kind of like, you you might consider this like a spike protein, (coughs) pardon, disease. Need a drink of water. So there's there's many uh, components of this that, uh, and we're, we're learning more and more as time goes on. But obviously, the spike protein, as I'd mentioned before, is the toxin. So it didn't make sense to me to to do the shot to create spike proteins that become the toxin. You have these um, lipid nanoparticles, which is basically the way the the, uh, payload or the the, uh, genetic material is carried uh, into the body, into the cells to protect... Uh, that and that part has been connected with the autoimmune disorders that we're seeing so we we don't know how these how these things are circulating how they're they happen to go away 
But we do know that uh, we, there is a, 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 a lot of different autoimmune disorders related to this. And the original papers had this and some time ago. I was uh, able to get that Pfizer document actually from from Pfizer that had an extremely long list of autoimmune disorders. So they knew about the possibility of that and they uh, related to these liquid nanoparticles. You know, the way these things started out was with uh, drug therapy for uh, cancer treatments. So it, it, the, this lipid nanoparticle concept was relatively unknown, except in the world of treating cancer. And they would use uh, genetic material t uh, put inside these lipid nanoparticles to deliver uh, uh, the, the cancer treatment to whatever part of the body, which it also includes the brain. So this became, uh, and, and this technology is, is not new, it's not a, uh, like a warp speed technology, so to speak. Uh, it, it's been out there. And uh, there are the people that, uh, that re um, react to the, these things because uh, the, the PEG is polyethylene glycol, and there are people that are allergic to polyethylene glycol. Polyethylene glycol is, is an emulsifier, you know, uh, helps keep uh, fats uh, stable, basically, uh, in a liquefied state. And it's also uh, part of a lot of uh, prescription drugs that uh, is uh, used in that. So, you know, it's, re it's really kind of uh, unpredictable in that these... Uh, they, these lipid, uh, pegylated lipid nanoparticles have a history of adverse reactions. And, and so uh, you know, one of the things that they would do with these cancer treatments before they gave these people, they would give them steroids and antihistamines and other things to prevent the reaction that they felt like they were going to have uh, to these products. And incidentally, the, when you get one shot, uh, it... Uh, kind of sensitizes the body and then with the second shot uh, that's when you can have more problems so that's uh, why you saw more people that had worse reactions with the second shot so another uh, toxic component of that this is Fred Lowry uh, this is Health Talk and we will be right back Welcome back to the last segment of Health Talk. We're going to change the pace a little bit. Um, last week we talked about uh, parasites, and I um, and this week um, uh, Epic Times apparently came out with a uh, piece on that parasites: the overlooked and underestimated health threat. It's been reported that 68 million people in the U.S. have parasites. <laughs> We think that's, of, that's scary. We think about that. Now, that could be all kinds of things. But we think about that as uh, being something that you get in the, the tropics or you get in other countries. You know, it doesn't really happen here. 
uh, and uh, so I mean there, there's all kinds of uh, parasites you know, you know the uh, the hookworm as an example was uh, a parasite that penetrates the skin often for people that walk around barefoot in areas that might have other uh, fecal contamination from animals dogs whatever and uh, at one time it was rampant in the south, and that's why uh, a lot of times people that came down here, uh, you know, they see the, some of the, the poor individuals, and uh, they were, you know, a lot of them were just considered uh, lazy rednecks, basically. Uh, but they, they had parasite infections, and that was making them tired and low energy, and, uh, and I'm sure the nutritional situation wasn't that good. We have uh, children that uh, get pinworms, uh, pretty, pre- pretty common thing. You, 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 Joe, you're kind of sc- scowling at this point. Yeah, the, just the thought of parasites is like, I feel like any person who doesn't deal with it on a normal basis would just be like, ooh, keep them away from me. But I actually was wondering, is there any good parasite the way there's good bacteria? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I'm, All right. <laughs> I, you know, I've had I've had people I've had people say that, but I'm I'm gonna say no. Uh, you know, so it, it's just something to to be aware of. I think it's a, a, a you know the the relationship between parasites and disease is uh, really not completely known, and you know, it, it, a stool sample doesn't always show uh, what's there. Uh, and so we we just don't think about it. But sushi is very popular, uh, as an example. So you know, there's possibility. You know, we got sushi grade uh, uh, fish, whatever. Uh, and I think some of that. I think depending on how. Uh, deep the freeze is on some of these products or these these uh, fish uh, you know that's something that that can perhaps kill the parasites but you know we, we don't know and and pe- people with strong stomach acid indigestion have a, a, a natural resistance to parasites because hydrochloric acid is uh, the first barrier and enzymes help to s- destroy that uh, but how many people are on antacids and proton pump inhibitors? Just to reiterate, you know, it's probably, a, I think it's a good idea to do a uh, uh, kind of a parasite program occasionally, particularly if you have uh, health issues and digestive problems. So weight loss is uh, a big thing that people uh, are always interested in. Maybe not interested enough to do something about it, uh, or to to be able to focus and, and maintain a program for long. We look to the the shots that have been become popular, uh, the uh, Wegovy and Zempic and those types of things. Those are quite expensive, and uh, they uh, also basically are not not sustainable. And they also have a lot of health issues related to them. So I'm going to tell you uh, a really cheap way to uh, do the same thing, almost the same thing that the, the shots do. 
which basically means it slows down digestion, slows down the movement of contents uh, through the gut. And uh, the way to do that is pretty simple, is take fiber. Psyllium fiber, you want to get the organic one, not the uh, commercial version. Um, so uh, psyllium uh, comes from the seeds of, of a plant. It has a lot of, a lot of benefits. It has both soluble and insoluble fiber, fiber and, and basically can act as an appetite suppressant because it makes you feel full. Uh, so it's certainly far safer than these weight loss drugs. Uh, when you, so when you add water to psyllium fiber, <coughs> it becomes like a, a gel. It's a very viscous gel. Uh, it's not really digested. Uh, it has uh, viscosity or thickness to the, the uh, contents of, of the gut which uh, slows down the absorption of food and, and the degradation of the nutrients. So there, there was a, uh, a study of, uh, the, uh, published under the Journal of American Association of Nurse Practitioners that showed that psyllium fiber decreases body weight, uh, body mass index, and waist circumference in overweight individuals forming these... Uh, facilitating weight loss uh, in, in the process. So uh, fiber is something that a lot of people just don't get a lot of. You know, there's not really a lot of fiber in breads and potatoes and, and all those kind of things. But when you think about the comparison of that to uh, a drug like Ozempic, uh, you know, you don't have debilitating side effects, which include stomach paralysis, and there's some cancer-related risk to that. <clears throat> so and it, it also is going to uh, help control blood sugar because the, the fiber is, is kind of combining with the contents of the carbs there <clears throat> and uh, slowing down the absorption uh, of, of sugar. So... Uh, that's a that's a really great choice. Uh, another compound uh, that we've talked about is uh, berberine, and uh, that has similar effects in terms of of weight loss. So think about also that uh, fiber helps bind up toxins. And one of the <coughs> the recommendations to lowering cholesterol is to take fiber because it binds to the bile uh, that comes out of the liver. So from the liver detoxifying produces bile. There's components of cholesterol there. There's hormones. There's all kinds of things. So you can actually lower, uh, or in some cases, people uh, lower the, their cholesterol <clears throat> because when you bind it up, you're... Uh, you know, you're not allowing that those, that cholesterol to be reabsorbed in the gut. <clears throat> and that happens with, with some things, particularly when the gut gets compromised. You know, a lot of uh, urinary tract infections are gut-related. You know, uh, people used to say it was hygiene-related. No, it's not that, uh, um, although I guess it could be. But what happens is if the gut becomes compromised and it, it, uh, you get something like 
known as leaky gut, uh, that bacteria can get into the blood vessels and, and end up in the kidney, uh, E. coli being uh, the most common type of uh, urinary tract infection, which comes from the gut. So uh, gut health becomes really important. Uh, fiber that we mentioned, probiotics uh, are helpful. And the psyllium, you, you may have heard of a prebiotic, which is basically is a health-promoting uh, substance that helps feed the good bacteria. And uh, the psyllium husk uh, fiber uh, does act as a prebiotic. So uh, it helps uh, benefit uh, or uh, support beneficial uh, bacteria. Also a gr great option to uh, prevent constipation. Uh, it does improve glycemic control among people. Uh, so there's a lot of benefits uh, to taking fiber, and you know it's it's inexpensive. It's a it's a great way to uh, improve your health and, and perhaps lose some weight. So the way you would do that is uh, maybe a couple hours after your uh, after a meal, uh, take a dose of uh, psyllium. So you'll you'll put that uh, psyllium. Uh, fiber uh, maybe in water um, and it, it just helps you stay full now obviously uh, eating a proper diet uh, staying away from the things that we we know we should stay away from uh, so you you can you know that becomes important but you can do these things <clears throat> on your own and I think the best way to do it is sit down and you know, once you've made the decision to do something like that um, just sit down and, and write out a plan. So fiber can be an important part of that. Uh, there, there are other factors. Uh, berberine may be helpful. Uh, there are products that help uh, promote uh, the burning of fat. So that's something, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors here uh, that may be needed uh, consideration. Thyroid uh, function is, is something to consider as well. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, people that uh, would be classified as what we call a subclinical thyroid, low thyroid patients, hypothyroid. And uh, a lot of times uh, practitioners are reluctant to treat that because, you know, it's not really too much outside of the range. So uh, that kind of optimization uh, is important. So here, these are some ideas for your health. Uh, I encourage you to improve it. Uh, take good care of yourself. Uh, you're the only one that will. Come see us at Lowry Drug. Was I on